Hi, I'm Susan Raff, and welcome to Real Talk. Uh, many of us have election fatigue. Uh, it's been uh, a long road uh, to election night. The election is over. Uh, and the takeaway really is that um, Connecticut Democrats did pretty well. They did well other parts of the country, but all the predictions pretty much uh, in Connecticut Democrats won all the uh, statewide races, the congressional seats, and even in the state legislature, uh, there were some flips, but no real big upsets or changes. So with that, uh, we want to welcome Ron Shuren, who is a political science professor at UConn. Ron has been uh, here with us throughout the campaigns, trying to add a little perspective on what's happening. So what's your perspective? <laughs> Connecticut is a blue state. It's still a blue state, bluer than before. Uh, this is the fourth straight Democratic victory for the governorship, but this is the first truly substantial Democratic victory. Malloy's victories were both narrow, as was the first one for Governor Lamont. Um, everything that the Republicans wanted to get, they they did not get, and particularly the fifth congressional district seat, which I think they had hope until yesterday afternoon at about five o'clock that they still might flip that seat. They did not. Uh, so there's so much to there's so much to talk about. Let's start with the governor's race. So this was yeah. the second matchup between Ned Lamont and Bob Stefanowski. And I would think many would say, and Bob Stefanowski even said it himself, that he was a much better candidate this time around. Mm -hmm. uh, he was out and about. He was having events. Uh, he uh, made better relationships with, uh, you know, town committees. Uh but he lost uh, by a bigger margin this time around mm -hmm. than in 2018. What happened? Well, the governor had a positive message. I leave it to people to decide whether that's an accurate message, but it certainly was a positive message, and he waged essentially a positive campaign. There were a few negative ads, but mostly it was a positive campaign, and it seemed to work well. There were no uh, Bob Stefanowski said Connecticut needs to make a change, and we need to make a change in governor. That wasn't a message that resonated broadly. Uh, his talk about the $6 billion fund that should be given back or part of it should be given back to the Connecticut taxpayers didn't really resonate because the basic thrust of the Lamont message was fiscal prudence and we need a healthy rainy day fund and pay down the pension problem. Right. I think Stefanowski wanted to use half. He wanted to take yeah. $3 billion out of that fund. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, the party, the Republican Party that has always pushed for fiscal responsibility and not a lot of spending, uh, that seemed a little bit contradictory. But I think you're right. I think that, uh, you know, we've had deficits in many years, year after year, and that could happen. It's actually predicted, mm -hmm. uh, you know, coming down the road, uh, that that's going to happen. So having yeah, that money. Yeah. I also think that um, Lamont uh, in the polls does very well with women. And I think mm -hmm. the abortion issue really was a front and center of this election and many others. Yeah. And the Stefanowski position was kind of trying to walk a line saying, oh, well, Connecticut's abortion rights are, are safe and secure, but then not really making that convincing uh, it, it just did not help. Right. And conversely, like take a look at Leora Levy for Senate. So I think mm -hmm. all of us were surprised on election night. The race for a Senate was called, I think, by the AP five minutes after the yeah. polls closed, which I think surprised the senator and everyone there. Um, her message was even more conservative uh, yeah. than Bob Stefanowski's. Mm -hmm. And he, she was going after a man who's been a familiar 
personage in Connecticut politics for a long time, and that's why she was going after him, and that just didn't quite work. Why people who would very substantially have voted for Dick Blumenthal time and time and time again changed their minds now just didn't seem to be something that worked very well for Leora Levy. What about, though, the, you know that, I mean, we have high inflation uh, and taxes, yeah. uh, and while crime, you know, that it may not be, uh, I mean, this, the numbers show that the crime, crime has gone down, but some crimes have gone up. And, you know, we certainly saw a spike in crime during the pandemic. And there are some real issues uh, for people. I wouldn't, you no. know, I would have to agree with Bob Stefanowski when he said, you know, people do not feel better off today than they were four years ago, but we also had a crippling pandemic. Yeah. And whether people think they would be better off by changing parties is another question. Uh, Nationally, some of the polls showed that, yes, there's a lot of dissatisfaction with the way the country is going, but not a lot of belief that if we switch parties, that will change things. And speaking of parties, so, you know, once again, we had an independent candidate uh, four years ago, Oz Griebel, uh, the Griebel-Frank party. And yeah. we had Rob Hodling this year. Yeah. And, you know, a, a good debater, someone. Yes. Who, yes. I think, you know, people, he came in late. So I think that hurt him. You know, maybe if he had been able to campaign early on. But mm-hmm. still, it is such an uphill battle for these independent oh, candidates. Yeah. Unless you're like Lowell Weicker, who is a household name and, and had roots in the political system all along, or Joe Lieberman, who had his own issues in 2006, you're not going to go very far as an independent candidate. Right. And I think his message, and even when uh, I interviewed him and I heard him say, you know, my big issue is ranked choice voting. And I definitely think that's worth exploring. Yeah. Uh, but it's not on the minds of most people. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people are like, well, I don't really care about that or yeah. they don't know about it. Is that, you know, mm-hmm. there are some other issues. So I'm not sure. But I think if we had ranked choice voting, certainly a candidate like Rob Hodling or any independent candidate possibly could do better. That's that's certainly likely. And of course, it's interesting to speculate. Where would Rob Hodling's second choice votes have, have been? And I, I don't know. Guess. I'm at what do you, who do you think? I think most of them would have gone to Lamont. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Well, Stefanowski said in uh, their second uh, debate that uh, Hodling and Lamont were two peas in a pod. Yeah. Well, but he was a good debater. Hodling. He was. He was a good yeah. candidate. So yeah. only getting about one percent of the vote, yeah. vote, which shows, you know, it's a yeah. it's a tough uh, battle for independent candidates. Sure. Uh, what about the congressional races? I know that because uh, I had a chance to speak to. Nancy DiNardo, who is the chair of the Democratic State Party. And I knew this going in uh, to the election that the Republican National Committee was pumping in more money than ever in Connecticut in the second and fifth. Um, I wasn't sure that Joe Courtney was going to be knocked off his block. Uh, but as predicted, Johanna Hayes and George Logan, a real nail biter. Very much so. Closest race since Joe Courtney's election in 2006. I was very surprised that the Republicans spent as much as they did uh, on the Joe Courtney race, forcing Joe Courtney to spend money in in counterattack. But uh, it made sense for them to try and uh, uh, pluck off the 5th Congressional District, and they almost made it. They almost made. Why do you think they were so focused on Connecticut? Because obviously what we're seeing on a national level, they want to turn the tide in Congress in both chambers. 
Yeah, I don't know why, except that two out of five seats, maybe they thought they had a chance. They uh, thought they had an attractive candidate in uh, in John Hayes' opponent. Um, and um, maybe that they spend money where they make money. And Connecticut may be a place that they look to appease their financial donors. Do you think we'll see any of these uh, candidates again? The Bob Stefanowski's, Leora Levy, or I would think maybe not. I don't know about Leora, but I would think Bob. I'm not sure he would want to run a third time. I, I, yeah, you know, going going through two defeats, one worse than the previous one, not something that's going to make somebody want to run a third time. Though there have been historical cases where people have done that. Leora Levy, uh, once Donald Trump, if he ever does, passes from the scene whether people like Leora Levy, who, who kind of positioned himself herself as a, as a as Trumpian, uh, will, will come back in, not clear. The Republicans have to find more appealing candidates. Time after time, they've gone either with the Fairfield County multimillionaires or with people that have ideological roots with, with Donald Trump um, or, or people that just are, are self-financing. It just hasn't worked. I think the Trump factor is a double-edged sword. I think for some people it may make a difference, but I think for many it's a turnoff and they yeah, don't want absolutely. a candidate. Yeah. Who, they want to keep him out. And I think yeah. she made Trump uh, an issue. She put him on the ballot by having yeah. her him endorse her uh, at a fundraiser in front of her Republican challengers uh, that, yeah. you know, that was before the primary. Um so she put him uh, on the ballot and said, I have his back yeah. and looked to get more money from him by going to a big fundraiser at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. So and I think that a lot of Connecticut Republicans who by not, you know, I, I, I don't want to say by and large are more moderate, but many are. I think they yes. are. And mm-hmm. they were definitely I think they were very disappointed that Themis Claritus did not uh, win the nod in the primary. Right. Yeah. Now, had she won the primary, whether she could have unseated Joe, uh, unseated uh, Dick Blumenthal is, is is another question. But uh, but she might have run a strong race. So what's the takeaway with this? I mean, I'm, I saw something I read. Like Hugh McQuaid read, uh, wrote, uh, the red wave is still out at sea. Uh, mm-hmm. So here in Connecticut, clearly there was no red wave. And across the country, I mean, even in Pennsylvania, Fetterman held on to his seat. Uh, So, you know, what do you take uh, from that? There's a general feeling of discontent around the country, but people do not look to the Republican Party as the thing that will solve their problems. And that may be a function of candidates that are not great or trying to message on issues that that don't seem to resonate. The Republicans thought they had everything going for them, a president whose popularity is in the 40s, maybe even the low 40s, an inflation rate above 8%. Uh, If they can't put it together with that combination, they've got to try and find something else that'll work for them. Right. And I think the inflation issue is interesting because, you know, we heard Bob Stefanowski on the campaign trail and others said, you know, and even Leora Levy, they, their message was we're spending too much. Uh, you know, the American Rescue Plan uh, was too much. You know, we had a huge pandemic and it was crippling. And so whether we spent too much, I mean, a lot of that money was used for child care and ways yeah. to get people back on their feet. But let's be honest, in Europe and other parts of the world, they didn't have the American Rescue Plan, and their inflation is even higher. So right. it's a global issue. And I 
saw from some of the polls that people did not blame necessarily necessarily blame Democrats for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, the Republicans tried to make the case that the Democrats were warned and they quoted Larry Summers, the former dean of the former Harvard uh, president and, and professor who, and Treasury secretary who had said, watch out, this is going to produce inflation. And the Democrats kind of poo-pooed that. Um, Republicans tried to make that an issue and there was some legitimacy to that, but it didn't get as far as they hoped it would. And a lot of these expenditures, of the, I think it was $1.9 trillion in, in ARPA, uh, are things that people do want. And that, if the Democrats can message that appropriately, it's appealing. I know they sent Pete Buttigieg around the country quite a bit, touting the benefits of the Democratic Infrastructure Program. And uh, people like that can convey a good Democratic message, maybe. All right. So wrapping it up, going forward, the presidential race. So uh, President uh, says he's going to let people know next week whether he's yeah. going to run or not. Uh, I don't believe that uh, Trump has made it official, but I think we all know that he's probably going to run. Yeah. What do you think that that's going uh, to, to to look like? And is that a good thing for another matchup? Should Democrats maybe look for a different candidate? And should Republicans look for a different candidate? No Democrat will dare to say they want to look for another candidate, but they may say it privately. And the one the one problem that Joe Biden has is a three-letter word, age. And uh, we'll have to see whether that continues, whether that is a problem for him or not. He was a little bit iffy yesterday in his press conference about whether he's going to run. And other times he's been absolutely 100% certain, not quite so much yesterday. So we'll see where that goes. On the Republican side, uh, it was a bad night for Donald Trump, not just because a lot of his candidates didn't win, but because his potential rival, Ron DeSantis of Florida, won and won big. And thus, he has somebody who can campaign as kind of Trump, but not being Trump. And that might uh, create a very interesting dynamic in the Republican. In the Republican you think the Republicans race. can rally around DeSantis if Trump wants to run? He was on the front page of the New York Post. He was on the front page of many national papers, and there will be some Republicans who do want to continue Trump's policies but not have the Trump baggage. They may well rally around Ron DeSantis. Well, could be an, an interesting election. We'll have to see. But we want to thank you for joining us. In one way, I'm kind of happy that the election uh, is over. It's been a lot of campaigning. And in fact, uh, Governor Lamont uh, had a sense of humor about it on election night. He said, now those ads will end. <laughs> well, the big beneficiaries, I guess, have been the TV stations, and hopefully that'll enliven the economy on that front. Right. Well, it's been a profitable year. I don't think as yeah. much as, I mean, when Linda McMahon ran against Dick Blumenthal, mm. that was uh, yeah. a big year as well. So with that, uh, we want to thank you for joining us on Real Talk. You always have some good insight, and I think we can all hopefully get a little rest uh, before the legislative season session starts and uh, and then we'll go from there. Okay, very good. Take care. Thanks, Ron Sharon, Thank political science professor from UConn. Thank you. Thank you.